Hi guys, welcome to my podcast, Not Your Average Twink, where I talk about what I want, when I want, whenever I want, because I can. Uh, if you don't know what a twink is, you're obviously straight, and that's okay. Um, I'm sure you can use Google, and I am Jake Dolphin. If you didn't know, start clapping. Um, hello, I didn't say stop. Anyways, let's get into the episode. Uh, hi guys, today, um, if you want to introduce yourself, that's fine. I'm really bad with pronouncing names by the name, by the way, is it Varg? Is that how you say yeah, it? Yeah, so it's Varg uh, Redbeard. Is that really your last name? That's a cool last name. So I'm in the process of legally changing it uh, okay. um, from my birth name, but yeah, it's, well, it's... It's not a long process. It's just more getting everything lined up, especially if yeah. you've got stuff in your previous name and then your your new name. So, yeah. It's it's funny, actually. So is your middle name Lucian? Yep. So that's the middle name I've given myself. Oh, okay. Well, my real middle name is Lucian. All oh, right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, I think it's like Dutch, French, something like that. I don't I'm know. not quite sure. I mean, the reason I chose it was more sort of the... Uh, the devil. I believe I'm more sort of from the Latin side of things, I believe like light. Yeah. Or yeah. like illumination. Right. So that's yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but if you could introduce yourself for me for everyone. Yeah, sure. So I guess um, yep, my name's Varg. Um, so I guess a bit about myself. So I I'm in the process of writing a book. Um, I'm working with a publisher in London to get some of my romantic poetry um fi- finished. Um, that should hopefully be all done by the middle of next year. A um, couple of interesting things about me. Uh, prior to COVID, I spent a lot of time up in Scandinavia. Um, I've been fortunate to travel across Finland, Norway and Sweden, and also spend a bit of time in the Arctic Circle, um, where it got down to, well, I say, when I tell the story, I say that it's, the thermometer froze at minus 30, so I'm not quite oh, sure. God. I can't well, I know even it was handle Melbourne cold. winter, let alone it being minus <laughs> something. <laughs> well, I'm a firm believer if you're going to do it, you've got to do it properly. So, you know, true, true. let I'm you go going, to the other side of the planet. Yeah, I'm going and... over to Europe um, in winter next year and I'm like, I don't even have enough winter clothes for this. If it's going, I've never <laughs> been in the snow or anything like that. I'm like, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so just a little bit about you. Um, so I actually found you on a Extra Harvest Witnesses Facebook group. Um, okay. backstory, backstory for me, my dad is actually a Jehovah's Witness. Um, he's a Jehovah's Witness when it suits him, basically. So By convenience, yep. Yeah, as, yep. Um, as are many religious people, as I've learned. But um, basically, he, he's been on and off practicing his whole life because um, his parents are both Jehovah's Witnesses. His mum was a devout Jehovah's Witness who happened to have an affair with a Catholic uh, head priest. Um, right. So, yeah, it just goes to show that religious people are no better than anyone else. They just act like they are. But um, yep. so so my dad, I'm gay. My dad has um, stopped speaking to me. He's not the best with gays. Um, we've never actually yep. had a conversation about it, but I just don't talk to him anymore. He actually lives um, four doors down from my mum back home where I'm from in Wodonga. Um, but right. I, haven't, I haven't seen him in ooh, a good at least two years face to face. But yeah. So I was in the extra Jehovah's Witness group purely because I wanted to actually find some people to interview um, some Jehovah's Witnesses because even though my dad was constantly surrounded by them, I never really wanted to meet them. Uh, some of them, some of them were quite nice. I remember we met a couple in the supermarket once, like a family, and they were really nice, but they were constantly trying to get me to come and join the church. And oh, everyone wants to meet you, and everyone wants to see you. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. Um, but so if you could tell me a little bit more about, uh, the news article and what we spoke about on Facebook. Yep. Yeah. So I guess with regards to that, so to give everyone a bit of perspective, so I was born and raised within the Jehovah's Witness church. Um, and I guess for me, it got to a point, I want to say realist, cause I mean, I, I was, I mean, I, I went to church I did all the things got to about age 18 and started getting a bit, let's say cheeky, you know, playing up a little bit, nothing too serious, <clears throat> just probably drinking too much. <laughs> um, 
now what, what one thing i guess that it's important to sort of highlight and i think you know because i can sort of give insider sort of comment on this is within the church there's a massive culture of for lack of a better word dobbing people in yeah i have heard of that so for example like i'll give you a perfect example what happened to myself um so not long after i got married and we can elaborate on that story as well um i got pulled over for drink driving now i when it when it all occurred um the police officer literally said to me said mate you've got the absolute lowest possible reading which still needs to go to court yep so i said look i completely understand i did the wrong thing you know i'm happy to you know go do what needs to be done and um as a result went to the court got the lowest i think i lost my license for three months i think it was a five hundred dollar fine right all right let's just move on then about two weeks later i get a phone call from someone within the church quite high up um and they said oh we've had a report you know that you've made it into the newspaper i said okay um that's news to me And then it just so happened in, I can't remember which paper it is, it's one of the Sunshine Coasts, and they've got a tiny little thing at the bottom where there's mention of um, court dates. And it just so happened someone had seen my name on there and they thought the best course of action was to ring the elders and say, hey, he's bringing, you know, he's bringing shame on us now. With no context as to what happened at all. They With don't no know. context yeah. whatsoever. I literally got a phone call. I was actually driving home from work. Um, and I got this phone call from this person. I thought, oh, hang on. You know, this person never calls me. So I pulled over the side of the road and they said, oh, by the way, um, we've had to revoke all your privileges um, within the church because your name's been mentioned in the paper. Wow. I guess it's quite similar to, I think, with Scientology. I'm sure Scientology is on a whole nother level. But with Scientology, like everyone is encouraged to rat each other out and then in return, they look better because, you know, they're, they're being yeah. all godly and everyone else. Yeah, it's so terrible. And I feel like it, cre- it would create such a toxic community within a religion. That's not what religion is about at all. Exactly. And I mean, what I experienced, so after, <clears throat> so like I said, I was, I was pretty much well within the church. Um, after my ex-wife and I separated, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I pretty much just stepped away from all social gatherings, all social media, because I'll just, you know, I thought, no, I just need to get this all sorted. The ironic thing was that because I had, excuse me, I had stepped away, there was this absolute field day on social media with people that knew both of us, and it was everywhere. There was accusations, there were people telling stories, left, right and centre. And because I, you know, purposely stepped away, when I finally, I think it was about three or four months, came came back to the world, so to speak, and I just had people left, right, and centre, you know, say, I've heard this story, I've heard that story, and I said, well, look, you know, if you want to know something about me, you just ask me, right? You don't put it on Facebook, you don't put it on Instagram, you certainly don't talk to my ex-wife, because you're not going to get the truth there. <laughs> but it was, it became... For, for the better part of, let's say, 12 months, it became so toxic where it was a case of, you know, like I had close mates who still to this day I don't speak to, but they would say, well, look, I can't, I can't be known as an associate to you, even, even just, you know, like even when people, and it's happened even recently, where people have seen, let's say, someone who's still within the faith I don't know, has me on Facebook or Instagram or liked a photo. And I've had people say, hey, I'm sorry, I can't speak to you anymore because my mum saw that I liked your photo on Instagram. Oh, my God, that's so bad. Like, how yeah. old? It's it's such a, a childhood mentality to even... Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm curious, is, is there quite a big community of um, Jehovah's Witnesses within South Africa? Because I didn't really... I thought it was mainly... Uh, Australia, America, New Zealand. I mean, it it is. Um, I, I mean, my understanding is obviously. I mean, I was only ten years old when we left, and even in the times I've gone back, I I think there there definitely is a community, but I don't think it's quite as big 
or even sort of mentioned as much as like in Australia and especially like, you know, the US and that sort of thing. But I mean, I grew up in a very small town back in South Africa and I mean, most of the family was around. So I just, the only thing I knew was being a Jehovah's Witness. I had no clue of anything else. Yeah. Um, and what was it like growing up within the church? Because I, I feel like it's so, it, from an outside perspective, for kids especially, it sounds so fun sucking, like no birthdays, no Christmas, no Easter. I think like one thing I'll say for myself, like I've always been a very curious person and I'll t one of the um, things that sort of stands out both for me and when I talk to people, I'll say, I remember when I was about, what have been about four or five years old and I was driving with my mom. So little town I grew up in, there was a lot of churches. There was this saint and that saint and that saint. You couldn't go more than five meters without a church. And I remember yeah, I'm definitely about four or five years old. And I remember looking at my mum in the car and I said, well, mum, we don't know that we know the truth, do we? And this is around being a Jehovah's Witness, being the only faith and that sort yeah. of thing. And she turned around to me and said, uh, no, we do know. And I said, well, no, we don't. We're just being told this. <laughs> and I think that really was the first point for me, even being so young, going, hang on. I, you know, some of these things they're telling me doesn't sit right with me. But smart and, is to have the, the self-awareness to realize that. Yeah. And that in turn <clears throat> made things very difficult, especially growing up where, you know, you know, kids at school would be talking about birthdays and Easter and Christmas and all that. And the only response we could ever provide was, um, well, I don't believe in Christmas. I don't believe in Easter. I don't believe in this. There was never, and this is what especially spurred me on in my later life, is where's my evidence? Where's something tangible? Yeah. You know, it's like, especially around the birthday space, one of the reasonings, especially the Jehovah's Witness say, well, we don't celebrate birthdays for two reasons. One, the only ever mentions of birthdays in the Bible where people were murdered. And two, they said that Jesus, for Jesus was more important to celebrate his death than his being born which to me still makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the biggest thing, like in today's day and age, the, the biggest decline in religion is probably going to be to do with the fact that uh, access to technology, like with technology and stuff like that, we have access to so much more information and kids who are going online now and, you know, they might be raised Christian or Catholic or anything like that, going on TikTok and all these different places and having people in, on Instagram making comments about, you know, how religion makes no sense. As a kid, you don't want to follow something if it doesn't make sense to you and there's nope. no proof of it. Whereas nope. obviously back in the day before there was the internet and everyone had to actually go and read books and no one really spoke about this sort of thing. You're just taught to believe a certain thing and then that's it. No questioning, nothing. Whereas now, it, naturally, everyone is taught to question things. Yep. Yeah, 100%. And like I said, you know, as a child, there wasn't, you know, if it, if it wasn't in your Bible or it wasn't what, you know, the speaker said, it was evil or it was pagan or it was, you know, the devil, you know, there was never that, I guess, open and honest and respectful communication where, hey, you know, I read this particular watchtower or this awake or whatever, and, that, you know, it doesn't sit well with me. You know, I've, I'm fortunate in my later life that I've got a lot of friends from a lot of different belief systems where we may not all agree on things, <clears throat> but we can still have that open communication, which as a child and even, even into my later years, when I had these questions or I wanted to do my own research or I wanted to find out the answers, that's when people started going, oh, I don't know about this bloke. You know, he's, he's letting the world get to him. Yeah. My mum told me a similar story. So uh, my dad was a Jehovah, uh, my dad's father was a Jehovah's Witness up until he died. And my mum told me that apparently, because I think he was naturally quite argumentative, I don't really remember much about him. But my mum yeah. told me that apparently he started asking a bunch of questions within the church. This doesn't make sense. Can you explain this to me? Can you explain this to me? And they certainly didn't like that. So I think that was his downfall uh, within the community. Yeah. Which I, I think, think that's, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I think that's so toxic within a community. Like you, 
none of this stuff can be proven. You, you can believe it. That's fine. But nothing can be proven. So it's natural to want to ask questions and to clarify yep. things. The whole point is to discuss and, and have conversations about this sort of thing. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, as anyone will tell you growing up or being raised in it or having a stint in the faith, whatever the situation is, when you start asking questions, and I mean, I've always approached it in a very respectful manner. I never was like, hey, you know, like having a, attacking anyone. But I would always say, well, okay, you know, based on the information you've provided, you know, I've got questions about this, or can you explain this, or can you elaborate? Not because I'm, let's say, doubting what you're telling me. I'm the sort of person, if you tell me something, I want supporting evidence. I want something that's tangible, something that makes sense. <laughs> and when I was getting to the point of finally stepping away, um, I remember one of the one of the conversations I had because they, well, certain members of the church had grievances with my lifestyle because, you know, I've now got a long hair, I've got a beard, I started getting tattoos, that sort of thing. And then they labelled me what's called an apostate. So essentially yes. an apostate is someone that speaks out negatively about the church. And at the time I was 90% sure I was going to be stepping away, but I thought I'd do the respectful thing, especially for my family, and I went and spoke with them. And this is probably going to upset some people, but I'll just say it anyways. <laughs> In the conversation I had with the elders, um, you know, they said to me, they said, Jesus has to be the absolute foundation of your faith. You know, it has to be 100% number one in your life. And I said to them, I said, respectfully, Jesus did exist. He was probably a good bloke. And that I think that arguably could have been the most offensive thing I could have said to them by the reaction. <laughs> because I said to them, I said, you know, and this is, you know, this might be something we can touch on as well, is when I stepped away, I did so initially. Initially, I was very much like, look, I'm just gonna leave, I'm just gonna leave the church be, you know, I'm just stepping away to live my life. Unfortunately, that's not the way it works when you're an apostate or you disassociate yourself, which is what I did. When, when you step away or it comes out that you're now an apostate, you know, you're no longer Jehovah's Witness, um, you're completely shunned. Yeah, yeah. Similar to Scientology, like they discommunicate with you and oh, yep. you're not allowed to speak to them. Yeah. Yep. And to me, you know, look, I'm, I'm fine with it now. But it just so happened that I got, let's say, cut off in February of 2020, just before the whole pandemic situation oh, started. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I, there was a period of time where I had absolutely no communication with any family, any friends. Um, I basically, because I was living with my mum at the time, I got two weeks notice and she said, you need to get out. Oh, wow. Really? Especially so I got, Yep. So I got kicked out of the house, cut out from my family, um, all within the space of about two weeks. And are you on good terms with people in your family now or? No, no. So no. because I'm still outside the faith, yeah. Um, I've only had communication with my family purely for legal reasons. Um, but no, they look, it's depending on who you ask, certain people just basically see me as the antichrist, but <laughs> you know, I can rock with that. I'm still a decent bloke. <laughs> it's really sad, isn't it? The brainwashing, like what mm. someone must have to listen to and really how can you comprehend not speaking to your own daughter or son or something like that yep. due to the fact that they've decided that they don't want to be part of a religion? Like, yep. I cannot fathom it, but it happens so often. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, you know, when you speak to a lot of people that haven't, you know, haven't been in that situation, it makes no sense. You know, if you said to me, the sky's blue and I certainly believed it was yellow and I'm not just going to cut you off for that. To me, I know it's probably putting it in very simple terms, but it literally is a disagreement saying, hey, if you want to believe in that, fine, doesn't suit me. But to literally cut someone off completely and 
it, it just it doesn't make any sense. It's not like, you know, for myself in my own experience, if anything, by stepping away from the church, I'll probably become a better person <laughs> because I'm no longer guided by judgment, bigotry, you know, having this entitled sense of, well, I don't care what you believe in. My God is right. My belief is right. If you don't listen to me, you know, you come the end of days, you're in trouble. It's, it's very similar to politics, isn't it? Especially in today's yep. climate. It's like, oh, oh yeah. we don't have the same political opinions. Goodbye. Yep. Just, I find it so intolerant. But um, I guess if people want to be that way. I feel like nowadays people like to say, oh, you know, but if you're infringing on my rights. But but am I? But for having a different opinion? like Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, it's sort of, you know, like with regards to the whole church thing. Um. Like I said, I, for a long time, like I just basically said, look, I've just stepped away, you know, I'm just living my life, no worries. It wasn't until, you know, things started getting a bit more, you know, when people would start abusing me online or I'd get, you know, even friends and family members, I'd get text messages and all that sort of thing. And it was at that point I thought, well, hang on, no, 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 no. You know, I'm... And as I've been doing recently, I said, I'm going to align myself with the right people and tell the truth about what actually goes on. Because, you know, a lot of times, especially from, you know, within the faith, they see people like myself as apostates. So we're evil. We're doing the work of the devil, basically, because we're talking smack about the church. And the ironic thing is, the amount of times you'll speak to ex-Jehovah's Witnesses or people that are still physically or mentally out. And they're saying it's ironic that most, most of the, let's say the verbal attacks or even, you know, the, the I'm not even quite sure. Let, yeah, it, let's call them the attacks come from within. Is it's very seldom you'll find an apostate that will actively, and again, this is just in my experience, that actively goes and attacks them. Because what will generally happen is they'll put out a, a watchtower or a wake or something on the website or something like that, which goes after, let's say, apostates or non-believers. And all I've ever done is say, well, hang on, I'm just going to defend myself here. I haven't got the time or the energy to have a go. But yeah, if I do need to defend myself, I will actively do so. Yeah, but you're literally just telling the truth and they don't want exactly. to hear the truth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so bad. Um, would you be able to elaborate a bit more as to what happened to you um, whilst you were a part of the church? Yeah, so a couple of things. So um, so what happened, so obviously, um, so I was married within the church. Um, I was married for, <laughs> I was married for nine months. Oh. <laughs> um, and that ended, ironically, um, and now this is this is a very well-known story now, so no surprises there. But um, so my ex-wife, so long story short, so I've been writing poetry for the better part of going on 15 years now. Um, it's my absolute passion, my absolute love of my life. And what had happened was, so through social media, <clears throat> I began speaking with someone in Perth who, you know, we were sharing, you know, the sharing poetry, music, etc. Through my ex-father-in-law and my ex-wife, they got it in their heads that I was cheating on my wife with the poet in Perth. Now, to give people some perspective, I've literally gone to the Arctic Circle, but I've never made it to Perth in my life. <laughs> oh, God. So that was that experience. Now, as a result of that, you know, obviously the marriage broke down. Um, I had to move back in with my family. Now, for the better part, so that would have been, so I think we separated in 2016. Now, the experience in the church for me is that followed me for the rest of my time in the church because there were always stories, there were always rumours. Um, I know for a fact that after, after we separated, and like I said, there was a period of time where I was off social media for three months, um, I heard from people that my ex-wife, my ex-father-in-law had said in very public spaces and online um, that I was abusive, 
that I'd sexually abused her, that I was an alcoholic, um, that I had homosexual tendencies. Uh, it was basically being called everything under the sun. Um, and that, again, was very, was very awkward because I'd run into people that I'd never met before in my life and they go, oh, weren't you married to so-and-so? And I thought, oh, here we go. Which story did you hear? <laughs> Just take a pick, you know, which one? Yeah, right. That was me. That was me. Um, and one thing, I guess, with regards to that is, and one thing that really cemented my decision to leave was because we, well, at the time, there was no, let's say, scriptural grounds for divorce um, because I hadn't, I hadn't committed adultery. I hadn't slept with anyone at that point. Um, it was basically a case of, well, we're not going to get back together because that's not, not going to happen. However, we couldn't move on. So I basically, I could never get remarried. I could never have any partners, et cetera, et cetera, because we were still within the faith. And I got to the point and, you know, I was comfortable with everything. I said, well, look, I'm happy. And this was in uh, July, 2020, um, where I filed for divorce. Um, even though, you know, the pushback was, you know, it's not scriptural, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, no, look, I'm just moving on with my life, man, <laughs> because I'm not going to sit around to wait till eternity. And then heaven forbid I get to the new system and I'm still married to the woman. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, I, I guess the experience there was, there was a lot of, you know, like, like, like I said, uh, the, within that space, there's always a tremendous amount of gossip. Like it makes the real housewives TV show look innocent. It is by far in my experience, the, I mean, the, the, that to me is probably the most toxic part of the organization is this constant need to be talking about others, even if it's not your darn place at all. Yeah, I feel like it'd be like that in lots of religions, but yeah. it, it kind of defeats the purpose of religion itself, does it not? Exactly. <laughs> um, are you comfortable talking about the article yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. i was going to say i think i've just got a reminder here that we've got six minutes until this oh, one goes a, yeah, yeah it's okay I'll, yeah, cool. I'll ring back up in a sec when it can cool all good all right so this is where my life got even more interesting so um and this is all this is all common knowledge um this is all you know being put through the channel seven sbs wind news everywhere so what happened was with regards to let's let's talk about the article is I um, funny enough I was again on my six day roster side the Monday uh, two weeks ago off I think it was um, and naturally I was sleeping in taking it easy and I get a text message from a friend of mine that says have you seen Channel Seven News I said no I don't generally watch the news but you know there's a reason you're telling me to. Um, and then I get another text message and I'm getting phone calls and I'm going, okay, what on earth is going on here? Like this is, no, this is, something's not right here. Um, and then I did confirm with the police that the article was in relation to certain things that had transpired. Um, and I guess what I can definitely elaborate on is it wasn't a surprise. I know it sounds shocking. I know it sounds terrible, but I was not surprised. The only thing that did surprise me was the extent of things. Because, you know, when I made my reports within the church, um, it was, and again, I, I've, I've, I've got no shame. I've got no issue saying this, is that when I came forward and I did so, which in a manner that is appropriate, you know, you go to the elders, you tell them what's going on and you follow the appropriate channels. Now, my, in my experience, and again, I, I can only comment on what I've been through is I brought the accusation forward. Um, it was noted down. Um, they said, okay, we'll have to look into it. They then contacted the elders of the other congregation where the, the individual was, and they came back to me. And as any, any ex-Jehovah's Witness will say, there is a very, I'd say, cruel term 
which is what's called the two witness rule. Yes, I have heard about that, yeah. So they came back to me and they said, well, unfortunately, at this point, it's your your accusation against theirs and there'd be no further investigation. Now, as a result of that, um, I, I decided, you know, well, look, I've gone through this channel. Um, this is not suffice, uh, sort of not sufficient. So I'm going to take this further. Now, this is, again, this is all within, you know, paperwork that I've filed is that I was told by the elders that they cannot tell me not to go to the police, but they will not believe me because I'm an adult male. Wow, I think that's very common. I, I feel like that's why a lot of uh, males don't ever report sexual abuse in the first place because there's the the notion of oh, you know, you're a, you're a guy. Um, especially like you see when guys get raped um, as adults, it's like, but hang on a minute, you could have just easily overpowered them or yeah, why, yeah. And I think that's you know, like I've been I've been fortunate, especially in the last couple of weeks, you know, to have opportunities to speak about this, because I think, you know, and even when I've said to people, I said, because I think in relation to one of the other articles, um, there was comments about us having an axe to grind, you know, we're having a go at the church. And my the way I've put it forward is this, I said, if this had happened within any organisation, I don't, I'm not here to take on the church. <laughs> what I'm here to do is say these things happen. Um, unfortunately, it's not uncommon. And yes, whilst a lot of people see it as, you know, we're just taking on the church and this is, no, what, what I'm doing is I'm taking on a situation that is so, so common and it needs to be addressed. People need to know from people like myself who have gone through it that these things do happen and they get swept under the carpets and it ruins people's lives. It's very similar to the Catholic Church where it, rather than, you know, uh, actually report uh, priests and people who are um, sexually abusing children, they just move them to another church. Another place, yeah. Another As if that's church. not going to then just continue the cycle and they're not going to do the exact same thing and prey on other kids. Mm. But um, I think... And I mean... That the, oops, you go. Oh, sorry, Mike. No, you go. Um, I think the two-witness rule, too, because I was reading about it, clearly it's just in an effort to silence and to stop anything from getting out. Like, what other exactly. purpose could that have? Well, I mean, they sort of rationalize it and, you know, and, and just to be clear, this applies to any type of accusation. So this can be something as simple as, I don't know, they stole my songbook from the Kingdom Hall all the way to, uh, let's say, murder. Now, as I even mentioned in my conversation, I said, well, when sexual abuse happens, they're very seldom, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but you very, there's not often an audience you know, it's yeah. not something where there's more than, I mean, again, it may happen, but <clears throat> I'd say generally speaking, you know, when someone commits these things, they don't have people around to be, it doesn't, you know, you don't have an audience for that. I guess that's the whole, that's, that's the whole point. If you're going to commit something that's illegal, you're not going to do it around another, other people because otherwise it would defeat the purpose yeah. and then you would get caught. Exactly. And that's why, you know, when when I speak to, you know, like I said, anyone who's, you know, with a grown up or had an affiliation with it. I mean, even when, you know, when I've spoke to the authorities about the two witness rule, they've gone, that makes no sense. Like, you know, as we've said, you're not, you don't necessarily go, well, okay, I'm going to send, you know, ring up, get all my mates around, be like, all right, by the way, we're going to commit illegal acts here today. It, it's, and I think it is, like you said, it's, it makes things very difficult, um, especially for, you know, the person coming forward with the accusation, because uh, I guess one thing that's probably impacting a lot of other people and reason why they haven't come forward about any type of, well, especially sexual abuse is that firstly, and I know for myself, it took me the better part of uh, almost seven years just to be able to speak about it 
let alone go through the process I am. Because there was that underlying thing of firstly, you know, like I said, and this is what they mentioned to me, they don't believe you because, I mean, you know, I like to think I'm a fairly scary-looking dude. <laughs> but when, you know, when you say to people, so this happens to anyone, you know, the way in the conversations I've had with people, I said, you know, abuse doesn't sort of discriminate. It's yeah. not like, you know, obviously we talk, you know, more around, and again, it's just as disgusting as, you know, about child abuse, you know, raping of women, that sort of thing. But, you know, in the in the experience I've had, especially in the last couple of weeks, is there are a lot, there are a lot of males that have gone through situations such as this, but it's still very tough to even, especially, I should say, even have the conversation within the church because there's that, like I said, there's that fear of not being believed. But then also, if you start talking about it as I have outside of the church, there's repercussions. And, you know, I completely understand and I respect that some people are not at the point in their life when they're able to even come forward and talk about it because of those potential repercussions about speaking about it within within the church. Is it something that you have ever uh, mentioned to your family or anything after it had gone on or? Um, so, so the, sorry, I should say the, the only thing about all of this is the conversations I've had, um, you know, cause obviously when I first initially came and brought it to light, um, I'd spoken to my mum first before taking it to the elders. Um, but since then I've been very vocal about it. Um, I think, and, and again, this is just for myself. I don't want to make it sound like everyone has to do this. For me, I needed to be open about this. I needed to do it for my own sanity because it had taken, I mean, every every part of my life has been impacted by this. I mean, this impacted my, well, especially my mental health, my physical health, my friendships, my relationships, my capacity to work. So that's why for myself, I thought I need to get this out there because I guarantee you there's someone else there that's saying, Hey, I need so I need a way to get this out. You know, I'll be living with this for so long. I need some way to be able to speak about it. And that's, that's why I've done it basically. Yeah. And has it, how has it positively impacted you since you have? Oh, it's, it's been in, I know given the nature of everything, it's going to sound a bit weird, but it's been incredible to see, you know, the response that I've received, you know, from friends, from people I've never met, um, even the response on, you know, online from people around the world that have seen what's going on here. And I guess for, on a personal level, for, you know, I've spent so many years completely alone with everything. Um, now to have, like I said, I've definitely copped some nasty things, but the majority of the response has been basically good on you, you know, because, and, you know, like I said, I'm not, it's not me on a crusade against the church. I want, you know, that's something I've made abundantly clear. I said, this is purely from an institutional level. Had, had I been Catholic, I would have done the same thing. It's not because I'm having a go at Jehovah's Witnesses. It's just, yes, I grew up in that situation. It happened within the church. That's why when I speak about it, it's because that's what actually happened. Yeah. Um, and how has your relationship with uh, what happened within the church affected your relationship with religion now? Because I did read that you are a Satanist. That is correct. Yeah. Okay. So I can elaborate on that a little bit. Um, so, yeah, so my belief systems and look i've well but funny enough that they, that has been a very hot topic recently where i've had people be like oh you know can i talk to you about this can i talk to you about that and i said yeah i'm more than happy to um as you know you can see i've got a lot of tattoos and things <laughs> like that so my my belief system so i'm um i consider myself a non-theistic satanist so basically what my belief is there's no physical god there's no physical devil um for me personally i believe 
and this is going to be this is going to be the short version because I don't want this to turn into a sermon. Basically, my belief system is, you know, look after yourself, look after others, and yeah, just basically. I don't know if I can say this. You can edit it out if I can't. Um, don't be a dick. <laughs> yep. Just honestly, like, I don't care what you do as long as it's not harming yourself or others. And I, I guess from the experience of being a Jehovah's Witness, going out and absolutely, literally shoving belief systems down people's throat, I'm the exact opposite. Now, I will only have that conversation if you want to have that conversation. You know, I'm not the sort of person to go and, I don't know, let's say Bible bash, for lack of a better way of putting it. Because, you know, I've seen, and even close friends, the effect that living that, I don't even know what the right word is, but just being, you know, so judgmental of people, you know, and and especially around the space, like one thing I've uh, purposely done in the last couple of years is, you know, like I do a lot of support work within the LGBTQI plus community because growing up, you know, we would see people that had sexual orientation, sexual identities that weren't straight and we looked at them as if they were terrible people. Yeah. Which to me, like, like I've always said, I don't care, you know, whether it's your race, your gender identity, whatever it is. If you're a bad person, you're a bad person. Simple <laughs> exactly. As that. Yeah. It's not feel- as a result of X, Y, Z. But at the same really- token. Oh, sorry, you go ahead. Sorry. Um, it's it's really hard nowadays because I feel like a lot of people hide behind the cloak of, say, for example, I've noticed a lot of uh, people who are gay or trans or anything like that. They hide behind this cloak of people will let me get away with saying certain things because I am a minority. Mm-hmm. And then yep. they just, just think that they can say whatever they want with no repercussions. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's that's important as well, like, because, you know, people will say, oh, I did that so-and-so because of X, Y, Z. No, you did something because you were being the wrong. You were in the wrong. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And that's why for me, you know, like I said, for many, for majority of my life, it was a case of, I don't care if you are the nicest person on the planet, you know, you do good for yourself, you do good for your community, but you're not straight or you're not, well, living according to Bible standards. I'm going to look at you as a subpar human being, which, like I said, I've, I've made the comment, I said, if anything, since stepping away from the faith, I no longer am tied to those beliefs of exclusion, judgment, anything like that. I just look at the person and say, well, okay, are you doing the right thing? Yep, cool, great, no worries. Are you doing the wrong thing? Then we address that regardless of, let's say, labels. If you're just being an idiot, you're being an idiot. Simple as that. (laughs) Um, And how did you come to the conclusion of deciding that you're a Satanist? Because I feel like from what I've seen, I watched, um, there's a good video. I'll have to link it. Um, Have you ever heard of Jubilee? It's like a YouTube it's like a YouTube yeah. channel where, yeah, um, I watched a video and they had interviewing Satanists and I had always thought of a Satanist as someone who was, I think there's, a, for some people, there's a lot of theatrics involved where they like dress yeah. up and, but for, yep. I had always thought of it as someone who believes in like the devil and, and worshipping the devil and doing bad things. But I've realised since watching that video that it's not like that. <laughs> yeah. And I think the funny thing is, you know, and, and this is always a, a sort of a joke I make with anyone is I say, you know, you can say to people, you're Christian, well, you, you're a Muslim, you're a Buddhist. Most, most people go, oh, yeah, righto. But then you mention that word. You mention Satan and people <laughs> generally speaking go, oh, oh, my word. You know, he probably sacrifices animals and does all that <laughs> sort of thing. And don't get me wrong. Like, I, I guess, especially with, you know, especially with, the whole Satanism thing. There is, don't get me wrong, there is a lot of superstition, there's a lot of magic, there's a lot of, oh, well, lack of a better word, a lot of evil things that some people will tie to. So when I say to people, I say, you know, my my journey with Satanism is very personal and that's that pretty much goes across the board for my entire spirituality. I look at my spirituality as almost like a shopping market. 
in that I pick and choose with what suits me. Yeah, because and that's I how never it should had be. A choice. Exactly. Yeah. And this is what I've said to people. You know, like for myself, when I think of when I chose to align as a Satanist, um, there is seven tenets that I personally um I look, I don't follow it religiously. <laughs> I don't do religion, <laughs> but there is a lot of things there where, especially where it's saying, you know, like one's body, you know, it's inviolable, it's subject to your own will. So, and that's why, you know, especially with the things going on, you know, in America and reproductive rights, that sort of thing. You know, when I was, for example, when I was growing up, if you heard of, you know, if someone got pregnant out of wedlock or whatever, they would never so much as explicitly say get rid of it, but there was always that, that stigma attached to yeah. it. Now, if I think, and again, this is only my personal um, beliefs, I then tie that idea of, you know, your body's yours. So it's up to you. You know, if you want to have children, fine. If you don't want to have children, that's fine. It's entirely up to you as an individual. And I guess that's where, I mean, to give you perspective, I've got a big tattoo on my back that says, no gods, no masters. So for me personally, I'm at the stage now where I'm, I'm responsible for me. If I do the right thing, it's on me. If I do the wrong thing, it's on me. I can't fall under, I don't know, God told me to do it or whatever. Yeah, it's it's very easy to fall back on a book and go, oh, well, you know, I'm doing it because the Bible tells me to. Well, hang mm -hmm. on, don't you have your own brain and can't you work things out for yourself and have your own opinions? <clears throat> exactly. And, I mean, that's, that's where I guess even, you know, as a child or even in my sort of later years you know when i was told to do certain things and because it didn't sit well with me i'm going hang on no 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 this doesn't sound right but then as you touched on it says no this is what jesus said or moses said or old mate said or someone said something and i'm going well okay it still doesn't sit right with me yeah i mean if you told me right now to go and i don't know jump, jump in the front of a car i'm just gonna go well mm, even though you told me to do it, I'm not going to do it. It doesn't yeah. sit right with me. <laughs> and that's my biggest red flag with, with anyone that I meet. People who follow rules to a T and don't think to question anything at all. Yep. I, I can't fathom that. I mean, I'm, I'm the sort of person who tends to go against the grain of literally everything that anyone tells me. But for the yep. average person, if you can't sit there and make up your own mind and have your own values and beliefs, and if they're not constantly changing, then you're exactly. doing something wrong. Yeah. I mean, what I, think, I thought, oops, sorry. No, you're, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, what, I, what I thought two years ago is completely different to what I think now mainly. Like that's the whole point yeah. of growing up and developing as a person. Like you experience different things and then you come yeah. to different conclusions. So I've met plenty of people in life who have gone, oh, well, you know, 20 years ago, my mom told me this and oh, my parents vote for Labor because, like, because their parents voted for it and so I vote for it. And I'm like, yeah. don't you want to have developed your own opinions a hundred percent and i think that's you know the the ironic thing i guess you know and you know if people have known me for a long time or they just meet me for the first time and they've always said you know I, 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 look i'm a i'm a big believer in you know personal development now whether that be within the space of you know your spirituality your knowledge whatever it is but as you said you've got to keep evolving because what was let's say even acceptable 20 years ago is not acceptable now. You know, what is acceptable today may not be acceptable in five years time, but you've got to be, and again, this is where it comes through to having that thinking is going, well, okay, yes, you know, I don't know, like you said, my parents voted for Labour or my grandparents supported the specific sporting team, whatever. But then you've got to say to yourself, well, hang on, is that what, you know, is that like, am I happy? to continue on that journey or do I want to do something else? Yeah, exactly. Like my lived experiences are going to be completely different to my families and my brothers and exactly. every single other person in my life. So why would I, why am I expected to think the exact same things as them when it doesn't necessarily suit me? Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, um, like in terms of I'm gay, um, I'm sure you could tell by the voice. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> But in terms of in the gay community, it's like, oh, okay, well, we're gay. 
So this is what yeah. you have to think. It's just like it's quite common within the gay community. I don't I don't know many people at all who want to get married and to have kids. And it's like, oh, yeah. we're gay, so there's no fun. For some people, that's probably a good thing because I'm sure some people don't ever want to get married and have kids. Yeah. I do. Yeah. But you're seen as like this outsider when you go, oh, well, you know, I don't want to be in an open relationship and I want to get married and I want to have kids. And it's like, oh, but you're gay. Why do you think that? Well, why do I have to think something just because I'm gay? <laughs> Exactly. And, and that's where, you know, when we talk about like labels and things like that, you know, because I guess sort of touching on, you know, the whole family space and that sort of thing, you know, people often say to me like, oh, so do you reckon you get married again? Do you want to have kids? I thought, well, I don't know. I'll see. You know, yeah. there's always, there's this weird thing and I found, you know, in my experience, especially after I got divorced, is like, oh, so now you're going to go back into relationships, this, this, this. I said, no, man. If, if, if it happens, fine, but it, it, it's weird that even now we still have, you know, these these labels, these perceptions of what you should be doing based on circumstances. But then when you turn around and go, well, actually, no, that's not right for me right now. You know, especially like one thing someone said to me recently, because I just had my 30th birthday. And I said, oh, you know, you're getting, you're getting on a bit, you know, if you want to have kids or whatever. I said, mate. If it happens, it happens. Just because I'm 30 doesn't change anything. Yeah. You know, it's not and like I have to have this this thing of like, oh, by 35, you have to have X, Y, Z. Hey, if it happens, it happens. And it's not 1950s America. Like, realistically, exactly. it's we're not getting married at 18 and getting shipped off to live with our, our partners. If yep. you want to get married or you don't want to get married, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't make a big difference anymore. More people no. are going out and working. You can have kids without getting married and being in a relationship. So what's the issue? Yep. Exactly. Ooh. Okay. Um, anyway, I must be off because I actually have a uni exam in half an hour that I have not studied. Oh, right. Um, oh. But it was it was really nice to meet you and talk to you. Um, I wish yeah. you luck with everything that is going on at the moment. Um, yep. but it was really nice to talk to you and I'll talk to you later. No worries. All the best. Okay. Thanks for that, babe. Yeah. yeah.